The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them. All year round, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Folks, you are listening to the John DePietro Show weekdays. Start at 11, we go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Joining us right now, independent columnist, siblings, it is Donna Perry. And DJ, let's start off. Boy, Kevin McCarthy, for all this talk about 2024, Kevin McCarthy, he is on the verge of being and becoming the most powerful Republican in the country. Yes, and good to be with you, um, John. Um, The thing with McCarthy, even though he does have to, you know, get the vote, and that's going to happen in January, but he, despite, you know, a lot of back and forth, he is on his way to not only the most powerful Republican right now, John, he, he really can now lay out a bit of an adjusted roadmap, I would argue, you know, that, and he can a little bit detour from Trump, who was the biggest Republican, you know, and I think this is a big moment for McCarthy um, as they go forward. Um, I would point to whatever it was several days ago, you know, they had a big press conference on the border. And I think what he has, some of the things they brought out, John, is they are hearing very loud and clear from their constituencies. People feel that the border has not been, not only is it not really working right, um, and they want to go after Mayorkas and just say, you know, you keep saying the border is secure, and it's completely the opposite. That's right. Um, And I think some things I thought are very little more innovative, and hopefully he's working with some, I'm sure he is, some very good people, like he's saying, they want to hold the immigration hearings at the border, for instance. Now, a lot of the media would probably try to sidestep that, but I think that's actually, you know, kind of an innovative idea and just say we want to show firsthand to Americans in a really concentrated way what has really been going on down here. So I think this is a big test for McCarthy. This is going to be a big moment. Obviously, you know, you have to keep a lot of people on board. As you and I know, John, there are some very, you know, a little more far, far right Republicans that are in that caucus and they they're going to want to see what they want to see. So I think it's a big test of can he be actually he needs to be the Republican version of really of what a Nancy Pelosi did manage to do for, for a long time. And that was to keep both sides, you know, in in the fold. And that's what a really a big political leader does. So. Well, he's uh, he's got a big, big, you know, task ahead. Donna Perry, you spent time in D.C. Talk about who was speaker at that time and what what is it like? Uh, You know, someone has described to me, you know, the you know, the president really doesn't go out a lot in Washington. The vice president doesn't. The speaker is different. Speakers on Capitol Hill, speakers more accessible in many ways, whoever, whether it's, you know, going back to, you know, Newt Gingrich or whether it's Nancy Pelosi or whoever. Right. That really becomes the dominant person out and about in D.C. Well, they they really do. And everyone wants their ear. Um, you know, this sounds awful. When I first started, I mean, it was past the Tip O'Neill era, which, of course, mm-hmm. was the most famous under Reagan in the 80s. Um, and I was there late 80s, just around to 90. Um, and 
Then it was, I have to remember, because it turned into um, Indiana's big rep at the time, Bob. Right. And I can't, I feel All awful. Right, not to put you on the spot, <laughs> but just the role of the speaker. Talk oh, about yeah. The role of the speaker. Oh, the role of the speaker, John. Like nothing, in a way, people would say the speaker is no one, is almost bigger than the president. And in some ways in Washington's world, because so much is at stake with the way they're going to handle you know, what gets introduced, what gets hidden, what gets, you know, thrown away, what gets on the floor. And so they become the really the center of gravity of the town, you know, because mm. they will, you know, let's be honest, the lobbyists want their ear, not just the members, of course, are always trying to work it. Um, and so that's just a huge, huge role. Um, and, and it's, it's going to control a lot of, you know, the tempo of what happens. I, I would just say as a cautionary to any of the Republicans, we are in a time when people are going to want to see some way, somehow to feel a little more confident about the U S economy. I don't think that's like a small thing, you know what I mean? So I think that they, you, you can't just look like, oh, you know, we got to go after, the Dems on this and that, you, you know, you have to reverse some policy and it might be to relax where maybe tax policy was going to get, you know, go, go up and, and say, no, we're not doing that to the public, but I think they're going to have to deliver. It's interesting. It's a lot like the, the speaker, in, whether it be the Massachusetts on Beacon Hill or the Renowned State House, in many ways, the speaker is the inside player. The speaker does hold a lot of power. I remember one speaker yep. of the Rhode Island House, you know, someone, I was with someone and with that person and they asked if they ever had any eyes on maybe someday running for governor. And he looked like, they don't, you, they don't call me out when there's a blizzard. They don't call me out when there's a hurricane. Right, that's true. Bridge. Like, I'm not doing that. The Senate gets the judges, we get the budget and wherever the money is, that's where the power is. Now, speaking of uh, power, uh, folks, I think it was people with Donna Perry, what's going on in China right now DJ cannot be ignored. This is a pivotal moment right now going on in China. Yeah. And John, it really is extraordinary because um, I think even beyond Russia or Iran or something, I mean, China, you just do not see mass protests. No. Um, we can all point to when there has been, because that's how unusual it is. And I would just say, you know, isn't it funny after all that we all went through that back to the COVID. I mean, this is really about the public has exploded if people hadn't been following it because there was a fire. Um, I forget which uh, a province, rather remote Xinjiang province, but there was 10 people killed in a fire because this is so awful. They were in quarantine and they lock them inside. Oh. We've seen some of these images, JD. They, they like nailed the door shut yeah. they could the poor people and they could not get out and they died in the fire um because this is this it is john is beyond irrational yeah this zero covid insane thing in china of all places where you know people feel we still really didn't get the answer of how covid started and so now you have the optics for president xi i i would argue this could be his biggest political threat you know, you don't see thousands of people. They are taking to the street. I think it's remarkable. The little bit of coverage is through cell phone, you know, cell pictures that anything gets out or videos. And they're saying, I don't care if the police are here. I am willing to risk myself 
Like we will not stand for this anymore. And, you know, it is unbelievable as we almost enter 2023 that, mm. they, that they are taking this insanely, like I say, just a rational approach. And, but when you have thousands on the streets, I think she's government, John, I think they're thrown by this. Um, yeah. because the people are just saying, I, I don't care. And, but I also think what's been going on under she, who is just the iron fisted type of leader, you know, th- this is also a control of the population. It, it really is beyond COVID. I mean, the idea of, oh, we'll just lock you down, you know, literally lock them down. Yeah. The door so, locked and the firefighters couldn't even get to them. It's, you so, know, right. It's so I, terrible. It's, but it is remarkable. You do not see, I think that of all the, you know, authoritarian nations, I think China, you know, you don't see the people just flooding out. We don't care. The police, especially as um, other and some writers have pointed out, I mean, they are such a massive surveillance state. That's right. So they really follow their people, which is mm. awful. So, But we'll you're right. It is, it's rare nationwide protests that are going on in China right now. Yeah. Yeah. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Donna Perry right here on the John DePietro Show. The next time you have an emergency, head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care. Urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families specializing in ambulatory medicine diagnostic treatment service at med urgent care they provide immunization school sports physicals they're a cost-efficient health care alternative to hospital-based emergencies they're open seven days a week walk-in routine urgent care minor surgical orthopedic and trauma work-related injuries physical exams drug testing full laboratory services and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions. You, someone in your family suffering from COVID, you want to go straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, Johnston, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122, or East Greenwich, 5750 Post Road, online at atmedurgentcare.net. We're speaking with independent comments opinion maker. It is Donna Perry. And DJ, I want to touch on, this is one of those things that just defies logic. And it was apparently, it, it broke on Friday. No, it, I think it started to break on Thanksgiving Day, the story. But then what we learned was that on Tuesday night, a week ago, President Trump had some uh, guests for dinner at Mar-a-Lago. And, you know, he's already announced he's running. And we learned that there was pictures of Kanye West and then Nick Fuentes. I know exactly who he is. He was at BU. He is the definition of anti-Semitism. America first, he calls himself, but they are social misfits. He is, there's nothing funny about him. He is, it's, I wouldn't even say yeah. conservative. They are, they, this is nothing but, when you talk about, you know, praising Hitler and, you know, death to the Jews and the Jews should leave America and all this other stuff, that, that, that's not conservative talk. No, that's, that's of course not. bigoted talk. Right. So wacky. somehow Kanye West ends up at Mar-a-Lago and then who's with him but Nick Fuentes. Now, President Trump, and they've been trying to do damage control for a pro, former president. I will say uh, tell you as a, as a former, well, I, at this point, former Trump supporter, 
It is inexcusable. You, you're a president. You have a vetting process. You have the Secret Service. We, where is the vetting of who are these people? I, I just I can't listen to this nonsense of I didn't know who this person was. First of all, Kanye West has imploded because of his anti-Semitism. Sure, right. To for them to have access to him at dinner, we're not talking about someone gets a photo with someone, which a lot of times someone of power, right? There's someone along the rope line, what have you, that they get photo with. We're talking about there's no way these two people should have been led into Mar-a-Lago, let alone dining with President Trump. Absolutely not. And John, you know, this this whole issue that Trump has had for a long time, the hangers on, you know, and there are these people who somehow got on that train in 2016. Um, they've mentioned there's a, some woman who somehow they, they arranged it. Look, John, he's a former president. Yes. And the fact that I, I think I will give credit to the New York Times. They they did say it just shows this undisciplined, uncontrolled yep. environment of yes. this post-presidency. That's right. Um, even as now, he thinks he's going to be back in the arena and he launches the bid you know, and, and I just think it, it just looks, number one, John, it's it's so inappropriate. I think, you know, it's it looks like amateur hour. It almost yep. looks like it's back to 2015. He would take a meeting with anybody. Yep. And, you know, you had these kind of hanging around the party kind of people. And then we saw it at the end of the presidency and, and all those people that were just there in the final hours or whatever. This dinner should not have occurred no it's it's beneath him what why do you need to have dinner with kanye west who's you oh, know he's just gone kooky at this point yes, and this guy nick fuentes, nick fuentes. first of all it, it is frightening john that either there is no official guest list that has to be vetted these right. people clearly like you say showed up and were showed the dining room or whatever how so I think it's it. Uh, all they keep doing is handing more fodder to Biden's team, the White House, you know, and, and the Democrats and everybody. Um, I, I would also, you know, some other Republicans that are trying to move on. I just think it actually makes Trump look more and more. John, something like this makes reminds people who now feel he's gone with the fringes. And yes. I think that there's nothing bigger than something like that. Like, what What are you doing having dinner with them? And, and, and it's inexcusable. Them. It's, right. it's just like this This notion of somehow Kanye West, known as Yee, showed up and had some friends who I didn't know. Who are they? I mean, with that type of loosely held, I mean, it doesn't seem right. to be any vetting. You don't know if someone's coming in who has been, you know, who's facing charges on something, right. who's done time for something, who could have an outstanding warrant on their head, who knows what they could be involved in. When does the amateur hour end? I mean, and I get it. Now, neither one of them have both broken a crime. So I'm not blaming the Secret Service. It ultimately, it falls on him. It falls on his staff. Those types of individuals should not have access to a former president. I'm sorry. Well, like, if he's not going to take it serious. Then how right. can anyone that's going to support him take it serious? And, that is and, a joke. Of all the people you could be dining with, and that's who you choose to spend time with, it it is it is it is bordering on. Yeah, it's kind of pathetic, it is inexcusable, and and makes you 
really unelectable to run because right. neither one of them have any business being around anyone of power. No. And, and JD, it's like, would former president Bush, you know, oh, W, God. would he, and JD at this point, it's, um, it's like a washed up celebrity. I mean, I'm sorry. Like what, you know, Kanye, you know what I mean? Like some of these people, like they barely, why were they ever famous? I mean, I realize he was a, a musical artist, but like to bring this other person who's whacked, Whack job. Totally is. And and be allowed, it does, I will say, you know, the people who say this just uncontrolled, undisciplined, and you look like Trump hasn't learned one lesson. Exactly. Yeah. And that's that's part of the problem. Yeah. Now, Donna Perry also, now Twitter's been going through some changes. I don't think it's necessarily bad. It's definitely a little different than it was. Not tremendous. But what is your take on suddenly Senator Edward Markey? Massachusetts uh, saying that the government now needs to get involved with Twitter. Well, you know, I mean, it it is unbelievable to see that they are just going after, you know, Musk. And um, I I think what the latest dust up is about is this issue when, you know, Musk and, and he by the way, he did pull back this idea that he would have just the subscription fee and then it's this this um, thing where you have, you know, the verified checkmark system right, like that. Exactly. So that gives you legitimacy. But he has kind of held back on that. They're re-looking at that. There can be problems. So, But because of all that early on, two weeks ago or whatever, Marky gets impersonated. Obviously, he's not going to let that go. Um, and, and he's very upset. And now the latest thing is he just feels that must kind of, you know, brushed him off. And, you know, a guy like Marky John, they, first of all, they, they just, they don't like that Musk. Now he's let Trump back on the platform. Yes. Well, that to them was, I think like war to some of the progressives. And so Marky is now saying, um, I mean, he's calling Twitter could, is, is like a public health threat or something like that. Or he's saying someone could impersonate the CDC, um, and, and claim, now I think this is foolish. He's trying to say, oh, well, they could say vaccines are, are not good for you. Well, John, that's debated on social media, like by the hour or it was, (laughs) I mean, that's ridiculous. That was all that was debated for every minute over along when the vaccines came out. So, and I think I, I just defend Musk on a lot of this stuff. It's, he's not, yes. it's social media, across social media. All of this is debated like every other minute. Yes. Um, so that's foolish to say that's a public health threat. We all know it's an endless debate. Should people have been forced to get the vaccine, not get the vaccine? I mean, you know, that's kind of foolish by Markey. And I just think he's his, that's very threatening language to say, you know, to Musk, oh, we think, you know, maybe we need to get involved or we need to, you know, intervene. What does that mean? You're going to intervene. And so I think that, you know, this is going to what is going to go back and forth again. I think they, they so detest that Musk let Trump back on. Um, Even though he's not using it. He's not using the, he's he's not using it. Well, I would also argue one last thing about, um, you know, this issue of Twitter's not quote safe. And there are people, oh, oh, you know, in CBS, oh, it's not a safe place. Come on, JD, when they talk about, oh, a private billionaire. Now, don't they realize Jack Dorsey, the founder of Twitter, yes. is a multi-billionaire. That's right. He was a, it's a private company. He, be, he left it 
rich, you know, um, for years. I mean, you know, you have Zuckerberg with Facebook. Like, what are they talking about? All of these guys are billionaires. Absolutely. So I just think that they are looking for areas to, like, quote, go after Musk. And, Mm. you know, but he'll he will. I think he's quite. Um, you know, I think he's quite capable to, to align to me, no one is better with the technology than Elon Musk. No, and and it's still up and running. And this, this Kanye West, Nick Fuentes, Trump story is perfect example. All the, the important journalists of our time, whether it's, you know, Maggie Hammond and the New York times, whoever did, they, they were all, they are breaking different aspects of the story. I mean, I, if you took right. away all the noise around Twitter, as someone that's on it every day, all day, right. there's really no difference to it at all. Not that I see. Donna Perry, finally, the Bidens in uh, Nantucket over the course of the Thanksgiving weekend. And what we we believe that one of the big topics that uh, that the president will be deciding is this business of whether or not to run for re-election in 2024. And I just want to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, there they are, and good for them. And they he stays at, apparently, the Carlisle Group founder, this big billionaire himself, Dave mm. Rubenstein. That's the Tony House that they use, okay? That, and that's nice. They're entitled to do that. Um, in terms of what, you know, they, they were saying, they're talking it over. Um, when you look at some recent polls out too, John, what I find is still curious to me, it's unclear where the other Democrats come down on this. I mean, yep. I, th- I think we're seeing polls that are showing a lot of mixed views. Um, I think, you know, because they managed to sidestep getting really, you know, pummeled in the midterm elections. Right. I think Biden now clings to that. I also think in an odd way, Trump lurking around the edges of 2024. Yeah. So I think I think Biden thinks that's his winning card mm. he, because they believed, oh, well, he beat Good Trump point. before. Yep. So will he go? I, I really don't think that story is at all decided. I think there's a lot of issues. Um, a lot of the other Democrats are saying, you know, I think people are taking a let's wait and see. Um, but I don't think that there are polls that indicate that, you know, the Democratic base is like, you know, yeah, yeah, like 100 percent Biden, you know, let's go for it. I, I just think that these people are being polite and mostly they're not showing their cards. Right. And so I think that's where they're at about him. At this I think point. it's I, I agree with you. We'll leave it at this. I think it's undecided. Yeah, I think they are encouraged by um, the midterms that they didn't get blown out as much. I agree with you on Trump. I, I I just I wonder, though, if they're betting the ranch like, oh, we beat Trump in 2020, we're going to beat him again. I, I, I'm not convinced that's who they'd be facing. Right. And right. Only they really know what his physical health is like. I mean, as we've talked about and discussed, I mean, he they keep him as light schedule as possible. They keep him hidden away. He hasn't sat down and done a major interview in, in quite some time. Um, and I think we there's reasons for that. So. I think it's I think it's an unknown. I, yeah. I would be curious to see if there would be someone, someone like Gavin Newsom of California is already kind of making signals that they, he wouldn't mm-hmm. challenge a sitting president. And right. And I think a lot of Dems kind of feel that way. But I I, I think I'm, you know, but but Donna Perry, let's leave it at this. When do you think he would have to make some kind of decision 
because otherwise, otherwise, just to give other camps up and running. I mean, the Republican side, I'm not sure if people fully understand. As soon as the spring hits, both, you know, oh, you're off and running. Max, they're talking yeah. about having debates. And, and then August is the Iowa straw poll. And next year at this time, it's all the Iowa caucus. So, um, but if we're still doing that, but in New Hampshire and so forth. But, um, but what, what do you, when do you think, if you're the Biden White House, that they almost kind of need to make a decision about it? Well, oddly, I think if Trump is indicted for right. some very serious things that are going on right now, yep. I think that changes the whole paradigm for the Democrats. Because I think if Trump is indicted, it begins yep. to take away that he's the opponent. Uh, and if these guys begin to sniff out and think, well, wait a minute, you know, DeSantis, the 45-year-old uh, yeah. star, I think that changes their dynamic. And so I sure. think there's a lot of, as you, a lot of balls in the air until yeah. it gets to that point. And I think if That's you're... That's an excellent point. Yeah. And a, and a huge difference between Biden on stage across from the former president that he beat and then him... I mean, that to me looks very much Kennedy Nixon of yes. up against a very young, capable, aggressive governor of Florida Yeah, with uh, certainly not as much baggage. Folks, again, she is independent columnist, opinion maker. It's done. As always. You bet. Okay. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. can always listen online at the website, which is dipietro.com. It is Monday and I want to play what's taking place right now in China. It's so extraordinary with the amount of protests that are going on, the people fighting back against these ridiculous COVID restrictions, uh, the country in lockdown, the people protesting against the president of China. It is extraordinary uh, to see. And I'm, I'm cheering them on as they are, in fact, you know, doing this. It is it is ludicrous what they are doing, let alone, you know, we've never fully gotten answers on everything that happened um, with, with, you know, COVID and how it came about and, and how we got it. Uh, and it, it did, in fact, come out of China. But the people there, the amount of protest that they're enacting right now, and I, I just think it is extraordinary it's one of those things. They are demanding freedom. They want the president to resign. I mean, these are, in fact, real brave individuals that are stepping out and doing this. And I don't think people fully recognize just how, um, you know, how they operate, how we're different from them, certainly not on our college campuses. Let me play again. This is um, the Today Show, the protest. Taking to the streets, some even calling for China's president to step down. All of this amid rising frustration over the government's zero COVID strategy. NBC's Janice Mackey Frayers in Beijing with the very latest. Hey, Janice, good morning. Hoda, good morning. When we talk about zero COVID here, we're talking about restrictions that control every aspect of daily life. When you get COVID in China, you don't take a few days off work and ride it out at home. They track you down and they take you away to the hospital where you're isolated, your family is taken to a quarantine center, and you stay in the system until the system says you can leave. The problem is that the government hasn't scaled up vaccinations in the same way, meaning three years into the pandemic, most of the country still has very little experience with the virus. So the problem now facing Xi Jinping and the leadership is that there's no clear exit strategy. 
This morning, extraordinary scenes across China. Protests in multiple cities against the government's grinding zero COVID rules. From Shanghai in the east to Urumqi in the northwest, crowds swelled in defiance, spilling over to the heart of Beijing. Chanting for freedom from the grip of a COVID policy that protesters say has worn on too long. They're calling for the end of lockdowns, the end of testing, all of the zero COVID measures that have ruled daily life here. Sheets of paper to protest censorship. The internet here scrubbed of any hint of unrest. The boldest public challenge yet for leader Xi Jinping. In Shanghai, surrounded by police, some protesters daring to call for him to step down. A move almost unheard of in China. They did it for everybody, says this woman in Beijing. The national outcry triggered by a deadly fire in Xinjiang that took hours to put out. The delay widely blamed on COVID measures there, where lockdowns have confined most people for months. Videos on social media showing candlelight vigils and shows of frustration. Unblocked, they yelled in Chengdu, while in Guangzhou, they did knock down barriers. China's government has tried tweaking its zero COVID rules, but with cases near a record high, they're bearing down again. Quelling the unrest, now a challenge for the Communist Party, with no exit from zero COVID in sight. So far, the leadership and state media have been silent on the protests. And I think it's fantastic. I mean, it really is. And when you think of uh, folks, how a lot of people obviously, you know, were upset about COVID and so forth. I mean, it's just another level over there of what those people have to go through. It's Monday. You're listening to The John DePietro Show.